Welcome and thanks so much for tuning in today. Here's the thing, you guys. This is what you need to know about more Jody. I'm the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself, all the time. The goal of this podcast is to help you go unfiltered. We use so many covers to hide our true selves, and it's time to stop living your life according to what the ideal police think you should be doing and step into who you were created to be. More vulnerable, more authentic, and more free. Once you can like recognize who you are, then you and then and then what you want, then you just look what's what's in the gap between who you are right now and where you want to be. Hi and welcome to the Pod Coast by Cut Coast Vinyl Design Podcast. We are here to peel back stories for the local businesses that you love. Sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy. Episode of Pod Coast by Cut Coast. This is Richie, and I have a, another fellow podcaster. Now, this is kind of an interesting thing because this is, let's see, I guess my one, two, three, four. I guess this would be my fourth or fifth podcaster on the show. So that's that's kind of interesting because I think it's a it's an interesting and meaningful way of connecting with people. And you can just get on and, and say what you need to say and do the best that you can in making those connections uh, while, while putting a personal spin on it. So, so you know, those those folks like uh, and that were mentioned in Elijah's podcast that were encouraging people to start a podcast to as part of a marketing strategy, I think it. I think it's starting to gain some some traction. So uh, today I have uh, Jody Graham, and she is here, and she's another Alberta transplant that has mm-hmm. wound wound up on the west coast. And I think uh, the more you stay here, I think the more you'll recognize that there are a lot of us, and there are a lot of people that are not from here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so how are you doing tonight, Jody? Oh, I'm awesome. Thank you. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess uh, before I get into any questions, uh, before I started recording this, you would just basically mention like I was probably the first person to ask, "Who are you?" And um, but but before I I ask that question, I think it's it's interesting to note that our podcasts were, re- were released on the same day. So yeah. So so we're we're kind of following the same stream in the sense that you know we're 13 episodes deep into this thing and uh, yeah and uh, we're in the same town so I think that's that's kind of interesting and uh, an interesting uh, meeting of fate there so why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself what you do and then we can uh, talk a bit about your podcast. Oh, this is like the toughest life question: is who are you? What do you do? Um, I grew up in Alberta. It was my dream as of like, I think 2015, my husband and I were out here on the island for just a weekend getaway. And we were like, why don't we live here? And so then became this, I work in insurance. I've been an insurance broker since 2004 in lots of different varieties. And so I applied for a job out here. And I actually, as of today, I manage um, Victoria, Pender Island and Nanaimo for Western Financial Group. So that's what I do for work. I have two little boys, they're 10 and eight and a husband. And yeah, we love life out here. We're like obsessed. I love to brag to everybody um, about how great life is on the island. And I I think I found you or you found me through the Nanaimo hashtag. 
which is, I think how maybe your wife or I don't, I don't know how we first connected, but it was really quick. Like you said, the week we launched our podcast, maybe that was it. Maybe it was like podcast and Nanaimo. Um, but yeah, so I started podcasting, um, October 7th was my first day. And my whole premise is that I feel like when you see people do hard things, it makes you see what you can do in your life. And so, or not even just do hard things, but navigate tough situations. Um, and so I wanted a podcast where I could showcase women navigating, um, different situations with vulnerability and courage and like really stepping out. Um, and so that's what my podcast is about. So it's called the more Jody podcast and it's just a baby, just a little baby podcast, but I'm having so much fun with it. I just want to, um, help people tip things upside down and show them what's possible in their own lives. So there's a big coach in me for sure. And, um, but right now, yeah, I just do my day job and do my podcast and I'm working on a book for teen girls, a motivational book for them. So that's sort of me in a nutshell. Yeah. So ahead of the podcast, you had uh, done a bunch of Instagram TV videos and was that kind of the same premise that led you to get to the podcast eventually, or was the podcast always the thing? Cause I, I remember in a couple of your episodes, you had people encouraging you to say, Hey, you should start a podcast and that sort of thing. Um, just as, as friends that, that kind of know you and, and know who you are and know your personality and recognize that there might be some value to, uh, people with what you have to say. Is that, and, and what was that first step for you? Like, because it's, you know, it's, uh, I listened to your most recent episode and you said that there were some naysayers within that. So, so what, uh, what made you make that decision and, and go with it anyhow? Well, I think I had a boss, uh, like in 2015 who ran a really funky, this sounds like, is there a such thing as a cool insurance brokerage, but he ran a really cool insurance brokerage and it was, everything was like, it was like almost like a tech startup insurance brokerage where he blended mortgages and financial planning and, um, he wanted really relatable videos online. And the thing at the time was just start making videos. You'd even like send a client a video with a whiteboard held up with their name on it. So they knew it was a video just for them. And I used bombbomb.com and I sent clients videos all the time for like mortgage renewals and different insurance things. And he kept being like, you need to make more videos. You need to make more videos because you're really natural on video. And he I said, so can I just... I really enjoy being off the cuff anyway. And I said, so can I just, you trust me and I'll just record whatever. And he's like, yeah, well, pretty soon I was like walking around the office. Like I was always eating. It was like a weird thing. I was always eating and recording videos and, um, we got tons and tons and tons of views. And so then after a while I started to think, I wonder what kind of traction I could get doing that on my own about stuff that I found like ridiculous. Like I like my stories to always be like ridiculous parts of life that I think we need to laugh at because I think people need to laugh more. And then my, um, my Instagram TV videos was more when something would keep coming up in my head over and over for a week or two weeks, I would just be like, I really want to tell someone this. So then I started recording it. And then a lot of the feedback that I would get was that people hadn't thought of that or that they were surprised by that or that challenged them. And so then that kind of just inspired me to keep pushing forward. And when I said that on my last episode about naysayers, I think it's more in my own head for the most part. Like I said, I think when I talk about my podcast, my some of, some of my family just kind of stares at me, you know, and then I make the assumption, oh, they think it's dumb or, um, 
I think this gener these next generations, like I'm 38. I think these next generations are just like, we've got stuff to say and we're going to say it. And we're not going to be, we're going to try hard to like not live in shame and, and step out of our stories and all these things. So I think it all kind of plays together, to be honest. Um, but I think a lot of the naysaying is in our head. And then the assumptions we make based on like the little thing or the lack of something, um, lack of affirmation that someone gives or doesn't give. And so um, I just believe in my heart that um, people need people need to hear other people's stories and then they need to laugh all the time about ridiculous things. So that's just kind of what I'm here for. So it kind of was a long evolution of videos, but now I'm so comfortable. I feel like I could record a cooking show. <laughs> Watch for that. That might happen. Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> uh, for, for my staff Christmas party, we actually, uh, we weren't able to gather obviously. So what, what we did, uh, I work as a distributed learning teacher. So this, um, I, there's teachers all over BC and obviously like from, you know, the Island all the way over to Smithers, all the way over to, you know, the East Kootenays. Right. So, so you have this huge division of people. And what we did was we actually did a cooking thing and it was an absolute gong show, like just seeing people in varying degrees of cooking abilities. And, you know, uh, you, you get the occasional questions where the chef stops and says, Hey, how is everybody doing? And you get the, uh, the, is the, is the chicken supposed to be this black? <laughs> and so, <laughs> You know, it's like, and you know, oh, and, that's so and, funny. Um, and my, my wife is really into cooking. So she just like prepped like crazy. So I, uh, all I had to do was just dump stuff in a pot and just make sure uh, we, we were making risotto. So I don't know if you've made risotto. Oh, wow. I've it's, never made that. It's, it's a lot of effort. You, you basically just like have to continuously stir this thing. And, you know, so you're, you're kind of back and forth to your iPad and stirring your risotto, just making sure you're on track. But anyway, so that was interesting because there was about 30 or 40 people in on this. So, so yeah, I, I wholeheartedly think you should do a cooking thing. That's I think it'd be hilarious. So funny. Um, so I, I, what, what I hear a lot from you is like kind of Brene Brown's, uh, style of thinking where you're talking about vulnerability. Uh, one thing that I've heard a lot is, um, is the, is the lie that, that you're being told or, or the lies that you believe. Um, another way that, uh, in Daring Greatly, I think she, uh, uh, Brown represented that as like the story that I'm telling myself, uh, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, so just, and it sounds like your whole shtick is um, you're sharing your strength of vulnerability. And how has that helped you personally and professionally? Well, I have to say, first of all, something that comes up is it's, it's really easy for me. So you meet me on the street. Like I'm just the girl that you're like, whoa, why'd she tell us all those things? That's so weird. Like that makes me sound like a crazy lady. But I do, I, I noticed a long time ago at a very young age that being vulnerable was something I wanted in my life. Like I literally articulated it as a kid at camp um, because we did this, it was called limit training. And it was basically like where you ask people all the time for feedback. And it was devastating when you're 14 because you just don't want any feedback really um, and stuff. And so I learned really early the power of vulnerability, but I have to say different from Brene Brown, who I do enjoy um, where she talks a lot about being an introvert and she talks about like not really liking people, um, but wanting to help them. I am like a people lover. I literally feel like I am in this world to like love, to love people and show them the ways that they are created special and unique. And, and a lot of them, they don't see it. And I will meet someone and I'll see it within minutes sometimes of seeing them. And so different um, um, than Brene, 
I, I want to, I want to um, encourage what I see in others as well as lead with vulnerability. So I definitely love what she says. I love her books. I have many of her books as well. Um, but it's helped me a ton professionally because people don't operate like this in a professional space for the most part. So it's, it's, it's odd. It's people are curious about it. And because of my confidence, they're thrown off, but they're, um, they're thrown off, but they're curious because it's not um, like I'm very socially aware and socially secure. And when someone operates that way with a confidence, I think it's, it's different. It's not what people are used to seeing. So even the fact that I've been here two years and I already now have a third branch with this company, you know, um, that's not super common, but I think I'm honest all the time. And even I think that is authentic. If I'm struggling with something in leadership, I'll tell my team, Hey guys, I feel super weak here and I need your strength in this area. So I think it, it builds more leadership because I'm willing to be like, yeah, there's lots of stuff I suck at. And there's lots of stuff everyone else is amazing at let's come together, but I'm never leading out. I'm trying to never lead out of insecurity. I'm always trying to lead out of a place of promoting my staff or promoting other people. And it's like the most fun to lead that way. So it's been really profound for me professionally. And then I think personally, I think it's just really important because if you want to have effective relationships, vulnerability is like just at the heart of that. And so I, I definitely step up. I don't always want to, but I definitely step up for hard conversations in personal relationships because to me, that's all you have at the end of the day is like your family and, you know, and your friends and how you care for them. And I want to, to me, real success isn't growing old and having a ton of money. It's the people that, that you love that are around you, you know, as you age and the fact that you've invested in them and loved them and taken care of them and promoted them um, and put time into those relationships. You could have all the money in the world, but if your relationships aren't successful, you're not successful in my opinion. So I definitely think that has played out really well in my life. It's something that I love. Um, I just, I hate small talk. That's my, my struggle. It's, it's interesting because, um, you and I share those values and, you know, I, I come across vulnerability more vis-a-vis, uh, Brene Brown, because I am like a, a like massive introvert. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's something that's kind of, it's, I, I'm almost in like the, you know, if you want to call it like ambivert territory, because like when I was younger, I was really, uh, possibly I was extroverted. I don't know, but I mean, you know, I got charged up from hanging out with people. Right. Um, but, but now I find that, you know, my tribe is a lot smaller uh, but I, I enjoy facilitating these conversations of vulnerability. Like I, uh, I've led a men's group uh, for quite a long time in my house and it'd be, you know, six to eight guys chatting about whatever's going on in their lives. And, you know, and I remember being one of the first people to do something about forgiveness and, you know, just basically just like crying in front of all these dudes. And I was like, that's not something that you do as a man or not something that's, you know, as socially acceptable, um, in, in the culture that we live in. So, so, you know, when, when you speak about vulnerability in that way and living intentionally and on purpose, there's, you can, you can come at it from, from two different ways, regardless, or, or you can come at it regardless of your personality. 
really. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, you can, you can like meet it head on with, with your horns out, or you can still, you could still kind of tiptoe and, and be the matador and, you know, yeah. <laughs> just, just dodge, dodge the bull as, as you're still dealing with things. Right. So, uh, so that's, that's interesting. And, and one thing that comes out uh, within that was uh, talking about purpose and I'm going to lump this in with a few other things that I've, that I've noted from your work. And that's, um, talking about purpose and vision and growth. Um, so how does uh, the actualization in those areas benefit someone? So when they figure those things out, how does that um, move their needle forward in a sense? I think it's just that, oh, I, I, have, like, I have so many things in my head right now. So just hopefully this will make sense. My pet peeve in business is when someone tells their staff member or their whatever, cause I'm in sales, go, I need you to go sell more of this. Just go sell more. Okay. 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 Richie, I need you to go and I need you to be a better teacher. Okay. Just go be a better teacher. And you're like, okay, like this is when you have a poor leader. Right. And, um, I had a leader like this for years and it drove me wild, but, um, because it, it wasn't giving me something tangible to go do. So it became my thing in business to say, if I can't tell you how to do it, I don't deserve to tell you how to do it. And so what I realized was similarly in sales, um, like this week with my team, I said, let's break down first step one for January 4th. What are your own barriers to a sale? And that works for every area of your life. What are your own barriers in your marriage? What are your own barriers with what you believe about yourself? What are your own barriers um, when you walk into a room, how you view yourself, how you play small? Um, so once you can like recognize who you are, then you, and then, and then what you want, then you just look what's it, what's in the gap between who you are right now and where you want to be. And so it works in every area, but it's that we need, we need to do lists almost because once it's written down, you just step into it. So it's like, if someone says, I want to lose weight, I just want to be thin. You're like, okay. So then you're like, okay, go eat healthy. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do that. Well, it feels like if they just put it all on paper and decide this is what I'm going to eat tomorrow. And these things look healthy. All they have to do then is just go eat those things they wrote down. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And then they have to do that over and over again. Yeah. And which is, which is the difficult part, right? <laughs> and they put down the so, chip bag and like not eat yeah. the French fries, but giving yeah. people a tangible list, it makes it, it makes it doable for them. And it takes it from being some lofty dream to um, it gives it gives a, a vision legs to just walk through the steps. And I my plan was to get out to Vancouver Island in like three or four years. And I was out here within eight months, which is crazy because it often it speeds up a lot faster. Yeah, and, and that's a good segue into my next question. So when when you're, you know, that's part of your vision to be out here, like once you came out here a few years ago with your husband and, you know, like we, you look at this and there's, there's a lot of sacrifice when it comes mm. uh, out here. Cause you, you look at Alberta at, at its peak, Alberta was kind of the milk of or the yeah. land of milk and honey in a sense, because uh, I actually left Alberta at that time. Cause I, I felt the dwindling sense of community <laughs> as right. somebody that, that lived in Calgary. I'm like, nobody's from here. Nobody, nobody cares about Calgary. They're just here to make money and, you know, yeah. buy cars and whatever, yep. you know, so I'm, I'm out of here. See you later. Uh, so I moved out here in about 2008. So, um, but it's interesting. So, I mean, like when you, when you looked at the vision of your life and this was something that you spoke about, uh, at length in your most recent podcast, which I think is, um, 
is really important uh, at this time of year, uh, where you talk about setting goals and you talk about making lists. And I, uh, that's something that I'm not really privy to doing. So uh, I listened to that today, and I think I'm going to go back and go through and, and journal all that sort of stuff and just, just do it. Uh, because I, I do have a bit of a fire under me with with some um, things that that I'm interested in doing. So so that's that's really cool. Um, so yeah, so you you've you've got some vision and you're coming out this way. You have some people that are saying like you know that are are, are essentially holding you back in a sense, right? So so what is that, um, you know, what is that like for you? And and how how do you get out here? Like what's what's um, is this meeting your expectations of what you think island life is or oh. and what's what's different from Alberta and and you know does does this fit the vision that you had in your head yeah well best answer ever it's way better than I even imagined so that's awesome because if that had gone the other way that would be really disappointing but definitely um I felt the same thing in Alberta that was it was just the goal was to produce, 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 produce. And definitely I'm still in an industry where I'm, I'm in an, an industry I was in, in Alberta, but just the attitude at my offices, it's like, there's time for people. You know, I always tell my, my teams, like if there is an old grandma here and she wants to chat your ear off, that is your job right now. You chat with her and you will send her on her, her way and she will have a great day and you will feel that it filled your bucket. Like, engage it. Similarly, if you have a man who's like, please don't talk to me and please just handle my insurance renewal, you do that. And that, that handles, that takes care of that client. So I definitely feel that there's time for people out here. You meet someone on the path with your dog and all of a sudden you've lost 20 minutes because you know, they're just chatty. And I absolutely like that totally resonates with who I am. So I adore this place, could not be happier. But when you say, how did you get here? I have to say, um, I pray a lot. And so I definitely um, would pray and then keep taking steps. Like I would just keep taking steps and doors would either open or doors would close and things like that. And that really matters to me. But one of the biggest things that people could take outside of like a spiritual viewpoint would be you have to be more committed to the thing that you want than you are to the opinions of others, to the, you know, um, obstacles you have to climb over. And I had a lot of, I, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but there were family members and stuff who definitely questioned why we would, why we would do this. Why would you move away? Alberta's fantastic. Everything's secure here. And I'm like, I don't care about that security. Um, so I was way more committed to my dream. And I actually think it was the first time in my life that I was far more committed and my husband as well. Like I say me, but like us as a team, we were far more committed to this dream and living this lifestyle with our kids than we were to what anyone else thought. And it was interesting because I stopped talking about the dream and then it made certain people think that I'd given up on it. And then they were surprised and I'm like, I got a job. And they're like, what? I thought you gave up that stupid pipe dream. And so um, I definitely think my recommendation is that people, when you know what you want, what you want, and then you have to recognize your commitment level to it. So for instance, if in the evening you're feeling really tired, but you haven't seen your spouse say in five days, well, you stay up late because you're more committed to connecting with your spouse than you are going to bed early or, and being rested. So 
we do this all the time. We just give up and we kind of fluctuate through our commitments. And so when you ask yourself that based on what you decide tomorrow, when you write that stuff down, when you listen to the podcast, um, when you write it down, you start to realize, oh, in this area, I'm actually more committed to time with my kids than growing my career in that way. Or, you know what, it's way better for our family that we stick, my wife and I split our time or something and stay super committed to this dream because it's going to give our kids a great outcome five years from now. So it's all about what you're committed to. And I think that's what people need to remember. Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I basically took like a huge pay cut in order to be more involved with my family. Uh, so, so I have an opportunity to be around with my children when they're very young, like I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So I, and I work at home and I get to spend most of my day with my toddler trashing my house while I attempt to work. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting existence, but if I, yeah. and I look at you, you look at prayerful times, right? Or I lost my, or I was terminated from a position where I was really spinning my wheels anyway, um, uh, within, within a job that I was really struggling with. And I, I wasn't feeling like I was part of the team. Um, and there was, there was a bunch of factors that, that kind of led up to this point. And, um, and, you know, and it seemed like, uh, Island crisis care society. I don't know if you've heard of them at all. They're, they're, uh, no. they're a, um, they're an organization in town that works with uh, the homeless and addicted population. And so, or, and they, they have like a, uh, a housing first sort of mentality. And, and I, that really resonates with me because it's, you know, these folks are on the street and that's, that's their existence. And, you know, the first thing that they're thinking about is how they're going, where they're going to rest their head. Right. So, uh, right. so this place is, has had come up a number of times and, you know, I go out, and I was kind of in this job search mode. So I, I'm on Indeed and these, these things keep popping up and I'm like, okay, so ICCS just keeps uh, in my mind and it keeps showing up in all these places. Let's throw my name in the hat. And it, at the time it was for a management right. position because that's, that's where I was coming from. I, uh, for the, the previous four and a half years, I was managing a day program for adults with uh, diverse abilities. Or, or, uh, so, so, so that's kind of where, where my heart is. And that's, you know, based on life experience there. And I saw uh, a number of years ago, this is an, an aside, and, and but to put this into context, <laughs> um, a number of years ago, there was a tent city in town here. And, um, yeah. and it was, it created a, a quite a vast divide, like a pretty big chasm in town in terms of like, you know, what, what to do with these people. And, you know, and I, I think these, these people needed to be loved in a sense. And, you know, for me looking at it, uh, I looked at that as a missed opportunity and I looked at it as uh, personally, you know, like, uh, and, you know, I feel like I had something to offer these people, but I had no idea what to do because I've never worked with, with people like that before. And, you know, eventually those folks were cleared out and they were dispersed and that sort of thing. And then there was some, some housing that, that was brought in temporarily for them to live in. Um, so fast track to... It would have been about April and I apply for this management position and I interview and I think all this is going to go well and it's it did and I thought I nailed it and I was all ready to go and you know I thought it was a shoe in almost in, in a sense you know um, but then another guy or I, I followed up just 
because that's the kind of person I am at this point. It's just, you know, okay, I'm not heard back. I know that I've done well here and we'll see what, what happens. But anyway, so they, they interviewed this other guy and uh, for a second interview, he winds up getting the job, but um, the, the current manager actually spoke to me and she said, hey, can you be on the team? We, we really appreciate your personality and your character. And I said, sure. I don't have a whole lot of, um, um, I don't have a whole lot of experience within this field, but I do, uh, I'm very compassionate to people that are marginalized. Um, and so it was basically, I became a casual employee within this. And I, I look at the management um, position within that and what that, what that looks like, this, this manager's salaried and he's his, like his, uh, he does great work. His name is John. He's great. And he has a perfect name for a job, job like that. His name is John Helps. It's just like, it's just like oh. you, can't, you can't write this stuff, you know? So, I mean, anyway. He no, was exactly. a shoe-in. So, anyway, so, so he gets this job. He's awesome. He actually really helped me out in, in like, um, just recognizing that, you know, there is something else for me, and that's okay. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, when I look at that, I wouldn't be in this position that I'm in now. I actually worked my last shift there last week. And it was, it was really hard because, you know, the, the, uh, the folks that I'd gotten to know, like with the staff and the, uh, the clients as well, it was, uh, it was really interesting. And it, just to see like, you know, um, just attempting to make an impact on their life and just meet these people where they are and just, you know, help them along into their next step. Right. So, um, yeah. but like in terms of the prayerful times, you know, if you, if you just keep following your own vision, you're, you're going to lead to where you think you're going to be so if i was disappointed that i didn't right. get that management position wallowed in shame and and just kind of went into the depths of despair then i i, I wouldn't wind right. up where i am now you know so i i basically you know i basically got to a point where i was doing several things simultaneously because the, the current job that i have just kind of fell into my lap in august and uh and I'm doing this and I was in the middle of a digital marketing course as well. So, I mean, I'm, I've got all these three balls in the air to juggle around and just to, and, you know, have a wife and a husband and, uh, and kids and stuff like that and all that sort of thing. So you, right. all those balls are in the air. Um, but now I'm in a position where I can support my wife with our business as well as, you know, take on this, um, this education thing and in, in a place that, that really, uh, suits my principles of learning or, or, or my, my ideas of education. So, so that's, it's, it's interesting to see that because you have a vision, but really there, it might not be what is best for you in a sense. And, and you, you have to, you have to keep yourself open to, to those possibilities too. Right. So, so if you're fixed on something and it doesn't work out, then, then you have a choice. You either, either like really put your nose to the grindstone and just try to try to go for it. Or you just kind of step back and say, well, is, is this exactly what I was after anyways? Or was this meant for me? Right. So, so the, I, I guess that's kind of the pushback um, to, to that thought of vision in a sense. Um, but I mean, you know, like what, um, what you describe is it, it might not work out that way, but in the long run, it's better, right? So, I mean, yeah. Totally, totally. Because I think, I think being willing to pivot right? Like you did. And I think recognizing, um, we're never in con like I would, yeah, we are, but, um, I feel like if you take it away from competition, 
like comparison is a thief of joy, right? Like I tell my kids that all the time, but if when, so say, say you and John, right. Um, you could have, like you said, been mad and frustrated and ticked that he got it when you thought you should have, and you would have missed out on a, a relationship with him, b what he had to teach you as well. Right. But you were able to pivot. And then as you pivoted, you found something that was actually a better fit for you. And I think the lie that can sometimes in those moments make people sit in that kind of woe is me or stop people is that we're all kind of like, if someone got it, then there's nothing else for me. And that's just the lie. Because the lie is you keep, you keep, it's, I always think of like, of course, I think of like a snow analogy and a snow plow. You just always keep plowing away you know, plowing away. And, and as you do, you find um, what you're really meant to be doing. And to be totally transparent, I'm struggling right now because um, I have this great job. And I, you could probably tell that in my last episode, because I was pretty transparent, but um, I have this awesome job on paper and I do enjoy it but I want to lead people in a different way. I'm not quitting my job tomorrow. I love the people that I lead and I really enjoy, um, I've, I've seen so much growth in them personally that that gets me so fired up and that keeps me there. But I'm in like this discovery time. So I need to go sit and re-listen to that podcast because what I did with that vision creation in 2017 and 2018 and 2019, I need to look at it again. That's why we look at it every year right? Um, Because I know for myself, I feel like I'm in a period of discovery. What I've discovered with the podcast is I want to talk to people more. I want to interview people more. I want to do more coaching, you know, and I want to connect with people in a slightly different way. And I want to create more content, but you can't do that when you're managing three businesses, (laughs) right? So it's, it's kind of, I'm in a discovery um, phase right now of kind of am I pivoting? I think I'm just staying doing what I'm doing, but with really open hands, like looking for all the learning opportunities, but being willing to pivot and then not compare and not think that if somebody gets something that puts us against each other, um, but that there's something different for me and that the journey is what matters. And I'm going to find it as I travel along the journey. And all these lessons we learn right now prepare us. What you would have learned at the ICCS is going to prepare you for things you didn't know you needed to be prepared for in your teaching or different things, right? Yeah, and I, I, I think one of the things that I hear here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're, you're, you're attempting to live authentically with the vision that you had and your current reality, and and that that was something that uh, you mentioned in your, in your, um, in your last podcast was just not, not let your current reality get necessarily get in the way of your goals but i mean just like not that be the limiting factor to move forward right because don't let the security of your current reality yeah like stop where you yeah. need to go um, right and, yeah. and I, I read a good book on that uh after i did a, a leadership course and I, I can't remember the name of it i'll have to dig it up and find it again but basically it's um it talks about the idea of like creative resistance as well so it's like you you're, you're in your you're in your current mm-hmm. uh situation and you are, you have a goal in mind, and then you have to figure out a way to get there. So there's there's a, a factor in play called creative resistance to um, to get there, right? So so there's actually a whole bunch of books on creative res- resistance. The one that I read is kind of slipping my mind right now, but that's that's something that you could check out. But what I'm hearing is the the living authentically, and you know, and you're wanting to grow. Uh, so the question being is like, how do you how do you live authentically? and grow 
uh, when you can't stop wondering what other people are thinking of you? And this, this was a question that you brought up. And I, and I think it's worth noting because, you know, I, I think a, a number of guests on this show have talked about imposter syndrome and getting out of your own head. And that was one of the first things that you mentioned as well was getting out of your own head, right? So, um, so you know, um, living authentically and growing when with these other people or, or these, uh, these other people are voices telling you that you can't or shouldn't or won't. Well, and I know I told you we should talk about that, but I don't know that I have, I don't know that I have an answer. And the reason is, is because I find it so hard. Like, you know, it's just not an easy thing, but I think that's where doing the legwork, writing stuff out, knowing what you're more committed to. So there'll be like, I made a, I made a video um, on voting day, which was kind of like a dumb video. Um, but I had spent some time chatting with my kids. I do this on things like remember and stay the day we vote and we'll look up some statistics. And I was just so overwhelmed with all that women went through to get the vote. And it's like years and years and years. And so I do, I find that once I know that I, I have a message that I want to tell people, I don't care who thinks it's stupid. I'll, I'll share it. But that's because in that moment, my commitment to what I think has power has more power than the opinions of then and I try really hard not to sit and marinate like don't sit and think about that um, but I think writing out what you're committed to changes everything because like I said I'm committed to putting good stuff in the world that will make people think and and like the affirm words of affirmation is my love language and so when someone says to me like oh my gosh, like you totally made me think today I'm sitting working on a vision board. I'm like, ah, that's why it matters, right? Like that's why it's all worth it. And um, I know you can do it for one person. And if one person's influenced, I know that there's a benefit to that. But I think my thing now is I want to get that to all the people who it would resonate with. I don't care about the people who don't care about it. That's fine. But if to the friend of a friend or whoever that it resonates with, I want them to hear that story. I want them to be challenged in their thinking. And something that um, I think I'm really good at is I like to consider myself, if I'm talking, I love to talk with my friends about their businesses and I do business for business networking in Nanaimo. And I always say that I feel like I can like drone above them and I can see them and I can see the barriers that they haven't even articulated in their own mind. I feel like I have this ability when they're talking about their business and their obstacles. I feel like I can see looking down. I can see above them the whole big picture. And my favorite thing is to, based on seeing that, ask them the questions that help get them out of their own way. And so sometimes I can't always do it with myself. I want to do that with myself and I'm pretty good. I'm, do you know the Enneagram? Richie. Yeah, but I don't know what mine is. <laughs> There's probably like a specific number of people who are like, oh, he's a six. So he doesn't I refuse. Care <laughs> so I'm probably a six. You're probably right. Anyway. Oh, that's so funny. So I'm a seven, which is the enthusiast, which sounds about right. And, um, but yeah, my favorite thing is I can get trapped by the opinions of others, but I love to, um, I, I mostly work through with other people what I'm struggling with right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So your biggest mess is your biggest yeah. message at the time. Yeah. 
And I, 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 yeah, totally. And you know, why don't, why don't you just continue this on and, you know, like, what are, what are some challenges that you're facing with living into this? Like you're, you're talking about authenticity and, and, you know, you, you have this 30,000 foot view of everybody else and sort of yourself to an extent, uh, like what, what sort of challenges are you facing in, in this pivot or, or discovery area of your life? Well, the, the seven in the Enneagram and anyone who hasn't read about the Enneagram, it's really cool. It's a personality type um, that really takes you through. Like, I love all of those personality type tests, but it really tells you where your weaknesses are. And mine is gluttony of the mind. So I am a thinker. I am always thinking I can reframe anything positively. I found like so many silver linings in this dumpster fire of a year last year. Like I, that is my, um, that is my strength is finding good things out of hard things. However, I would say that um, with, with what I need right now, I'm finding a, a seven on the Enneagram likes instant gratification. So we're quick to quit. We're quick to move on. Like four months into the podcast, not even, what is it like just four months now? And I'm like, why don't I have more subscribers? This, maybe I should quit this. And I don't quit but I have these thoughts in my head, like, does it even matter if only this many people listen, does it matter? And then I stop and I'm like, no, I love the conversations I get to have. I like leave these conversations. This conversation with you is no different. And I just feel excited. I feel engaged in life, um, in connecting with other people. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not going to quit. But there's like a real quitter inside my personality type. So I don't give into it, but my mind engages it a little bit. Um, but I definitely think that um, in this area, my biggest obstacles now are I want to grow this podcast and I don't understand algorithms. I don't understand why Instagram can't make me more successful. I don't. And then I, there's a part of me that's truly tired. I'm tired. I feel like there's a social media mind games. Like I don't understand. Back when I posted stupid crap on Facebook about maybe like a video about pierogies or like a video of a cat falling down. I felt like I got so much notice. And then I went off Facebook for a while. And then I came back on just to launch the podcast. Well, now it's like, I'm invisible, but I, it's because I don't want to engage. I don't want to play Facebook's game. So right now for me, I think I'm struggling with like, there's no way I'm quitting. I'm not quitting at all, but I think I'm struggling with, I do want to grow it. I don't know how and I'm not droning. When I drone over myself, I know that I need to just keep making weekly goals, ticking them off and focusing, you know, um, and spend the time getting my, my fears on paper. Like I I've made a few reels now, Richie. I don't know if you've seen my ridiculous reels. I made a wrap reel. I made a smoothie reel and now I made a pot roast reel. I'm basically just working to be a lifestyle brand. That's the goal. Just be a lifestyle brand, cooking show, motivation, all that jazz. But it's hard. It's really hard because I'm tired. I don't know what I'm doing, um, but I think I want to push this further into the world. So I'm going to keep pushing. And I think I just push sometimes a little more slowly and I'm mad that I'm not more tech savvy, but like I've come a long way, even in editing podcasts, which made me want to lose my ever loving mind, you know? So it's a struggle. I know. I, uh, I edited Mariko Brown's first podcast with me and it was, she lost her internet connection five times, I think in that podcast anyway. Um, but it's, uh, 
Totally. I, I think um, one thing that might be helpful and possibly encouraging to you is just that consistency is key in, in this and social media is kind of a long game. Um, and in order for you to be around, you just need to post consistent content that is engaging. So I actually just started something today called building a, uh, an engaged community, uh, and I'll, I'll link you up to that. And I think it's, it's really important. And, you know, we can, we can leverage Facebook's games in a, in a certain way and we can do it with intention and it, it can be, you know, we could stick it to Zuck by, uh, by being positive, uh, positive things in the cesspool. So (laughs) I actually go today. So anyway, there, there is hope in that and it's, um, and there are ways and resources out there and I can certainly help you to, to find those. Um, because, and you know, again, like these, these are, these are differences that we have. We both have the same intention, but you know, I want to help people. You want to help them in a different way. I just kind of like pushing people in directions. You know, you want to be the person to really help them. I want to be like, you do your thing over here and I'm just going to guide you along, you know, (laughs) you know, so I I think that's where, where um, I go in well with the current position that I'm in. uh, Cause I, you know, I remember some of my- Exactly. So I remember some of my students in, in grade seven, when I was doing my practicum, they would ask me a question in math and I would never give them the, the answer and it would drive them insane. So, so I, I think that's still part of my personality is, is I so want funny. people to find those things out. And I want to, you know, to just say, you can do it. Here's something to do. Right. If, you have, if you have any problems, let me know. And I can you help build you leadership that. that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that's, that's important to, to recognize is that, you know, is, uh, you know, as, as I think I, I was in jest, you know, talking about refusing to do those personality tests, because you, you don't, you don't necessarily want, I, you know, I'm the type that doesn't want to let that uh, really identify who, who what I'm supposed to be. What type are you? That's so funny. You're so <laughs> rebellious. Yeah. rebellious but not i'm a rebellious role follower anyway so i don't yeah i don't know i have no idea so it's it's something where you know i I don't want that to be a limiting factor right it's just like i want to be able to do this and i i want to be able to to help people in the way that i know how to do it there's probably ways that i can learn to help people as well but i mean it's you know that's that's kind of my style is the the alleged guide on the side you know like just just pushing people in in the right direction sort of. And you know, that's, you're, that, you're growing them though. Cause you're making yeah. them ask themselves. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's more work yeah, for you. Cause when I make absolutely. my staff answer it themselves, they're like, take some longer to get there. And then that's annoying for me, but it yeah. does make them stronger leaders in general. Right. Cause yeah. they, and it builds their confidence. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, uh, I want to segue that by talking about your trusting your gut and, you have a recurring podcast guest, uh, Dr. Morgan Stern. And I think this is another part that, that goes along with your vision and your purpose for living out here is you want to, to live in a way that is more natural mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense. Uh, so can you talk to, to me about Dr. Morgan Stern, uh, naturopathic medicine practices and, and some of the things that uh, you've learned and, and how you're shaping your life um, through conversations with her and through intentionally practicing those things? Well, what's really cool is that I, um, I was the weird person in Alberta. Like 
made my own pit stick, did all these things. And out here, it's just, I'm not even weird at all. <laughs> just like totally, totally normal. Right. And so, yeah, I definitely ba- like to say that I balance um, all the natural things I do with like drinking diet Coke and pushing myself way too hard all the time. Like I'm up at five 30, I'm doing the 75 hard again. I work out twice a day. Like I love burpees and my cousin, Dr. Shannon Morgenstern, is always like, would you just slow down? So we're a good, um, a good blend to chat through a lot of these conversations, but I definitely like, I implement stuff all the time. You know, um, I love to eat whole foods. I think the food that most, that a lot of people eat that the whole center of the grocery store, basically, I feel like it's like poison. I'm pretty severe with a lot of that stuff. We still eat a lot of chips. My, we just had nibs while we were, you know, going crabbing at the pier last week and stuff. But in general, um, I am also listening to this book when the body says no, that Dr. Morgenstern recommended and it's horrifying, um, but horrifying in a good way. Cause it talks a lot about your genetics and it talks a lot about, um, about how a lot of stuff we think is genetics and there's maybe 10% genetics, but 90% how we live our life and how stressed we are and all of that stuff. And so I do, I work really hard. I I work out really hard, but then I have Epsom salts baths. I do yoga. I hike in the woods. I take, I meditate. I pray. I spend time with God. Like I do a lot of stuff to stay balanced. Um, And yeah, like I've learned a lot from her, but I've definitely been passionate for a long time. I was a group fitness instructor for, I don't know, seven years aside from my insurance job when my kids were small and I worked part-time. I'm super passionate. My mom has fibromyalgia and a lot of other ailments in her body. And so I, because I was believing a lot of stuff about genetics, I was like, well, I could be set up for that too. And so I feel like um, the stronger you keep your muscles, the better supported your skeleton is. Like I just, I think water matters, vegetables. I think we need to eat a ton of vegetables. And so I'm very passionate about food, very passionate about everything we put in our bodies and, um, and moving our bodies probably the most. And that's probably partly why I think food should only ever be delicious. I I get excited for every meal. And if it is lame, like I want to die, I don't like any meals to be sad. I know it sounds crazy. Um, but yeah, I care so much that I already prep, you know, what's for supper tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And it's not that it's, it's literally a prep because I enjoy food that much, then that's how excited I get. So that's why uh, my goal long-term one day is to, you know, end um, slavery and sex trafficking and have a cooking show. <laughs> Those are my goals. Those are good goals. We, we have a goal to uh, have a tree farm as well, a oh, Christmas I tree farm. That. So uh, <laughs> every, every time we, we go out to this place called Wheats, uh, just out by Brandon Lake. I don't know if you know where that is. No. Just uh, near, near the prison. Um, that, that that wasn't meant to deter you, but the, <laughs> can't wait. A, yeah, yeah. There's there's a Christmas tree farm by the prison. It's great. Um, no, <laughs> Go no, check it out I, at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually on the other side of the lake. It's completely safe. Uh, anyway, so it it just seems like it, you know it's something that we we enjoy doing as well. We enjoy and you know we enjoy the aspect that this guy gets to uh, be a part of 
this these people's traditions you know their christmas yeah. traditions they come they tag the tree they cut down the tree and then then that tree lives with them for a month or more right so yeah. so i you know and that's that's something that my wife's like we could plant a christmas tree beside our fence now and we can start a christmas tree farm <laughs> now. a very small farm right yeah. now a, a farm of three <laughs> anyway so. oh i love it yeah so that it's it's interesting to see how those those sort of goals um come about and you know and that's we've also thrown around the idea of living on a compound with our with our uh, in-laws or my in-laws i suppose um that we basically have like this triangle of our family around us, which is, which is amazing. And, and a, such a great blessing. Um, like my sister-in-law lives up the street and my, uh, my in-laws, they live two blocks away from there. So, so it's, it's really cool, but we've talked about like having a giant property where we can mm -hmm. all live with like a communal shop or something like that. And, you know, We'll see if that comes into fruition, but I mean, you know, you should make a plan for that because I think yeah. that's probably easier to make happen with three people, three, you know, individual family units yeah. than you think. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if that's, if that's something that, that really requires that vision right now, or whether we're, what were you talking about? The, the commitment, I'm, I'm not sure if the commitment is there for that as yet, but I mean, you know, it's, it is a possibility, right? So, um, yeah, so I guess um, as we're wrapping up here, you've been in town here for a little while now, and you know this is my favorite part of the show. Uh, so why don't you talk about some local businesses that are that are on your attention or or that have caught your eye, and, or some places that you've you know frequented online or grabbed a coffee. There's not many places you can really you know visit these days, but you know what's what are some places that have grabbed your eye? I really like an Americano at Serious Coffee, and I don't think there are enough Serious Coffee shops because they're too far apart. So I think there should, I should probably open a Serious Coffee shop. I worked at Second Cup. Do you remember Second Cup? It's not yeah. here. It's not yeah. here. And it makes me so sad. It's basically the, the Serious Coffee is the Second Cup of, of BC, basically. So. Well, and it's very good. There just should be more of them, in my opinion. But yes, I love um, Serious Coffee's Americano. And I... I, my friend, I'm friends with the girls that owned Islandish. I love to go in there and blow money on stuff that I really don't need. I love Islandish. Um, I, what else do I love? I actually don't, I feel like I don't shop. Oh, I love burnt honey, obviously. Um, I love baby salsa. I could eat there every meal. I love the snapper taco, the Diablo taco, the queso cheese dip. I just could talk about it for days. So if somebody listens to this and wants to get to know me, we should go to baby salsa and have tacos. That's also a really vulnerable food to eat with a new friend, right? It's not always that attractive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I mostly live outside. I'm obsessed with Lonely Valley. I'm in there all the time. My friends are convinced I'm going to be on Dateline because I'm always lost. And, but I feel like Moana, you know how the ocean spits her out? I feel like the woods, just when it's getting dire, spit me out or introduce me to someone. So I'm always safe. Um, but I did notice, I'm like, I'm the only one alone in Lily Valley. Everyone else is with someone. But yeah, I just love to explore this place. It's the greatest place on earth, I swear. So I feel like even if they make it so we can never travel again, we're pretty safe here, Richie. It's a pretty good place. The, the nice thing about Lindley Valley is it's literally in the middle of the city. 
which is, yeah. which is, which is really cool. And it's, it, that's another place that's like five minutes from my house. So I, yeah. I, ri- I ride my bike down there all the time and get lost on the trails as well. So it's, it's easy to get lost in there. So, well, kudos to you because I don't, I have no idea how people ride their bikes in there. Like, I yeah. feel like I would just die right away. So good for you. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not easy riding there. Um, but I, I took up mountain biking at the tender age of 31. So, I mean, it's, there's, there's hope still. <laughs> there is hope. I do. I would say one thing I'm, I've been really encouraged to try on the Island that I keep seeing people do is going for these cold saltwater dips. Mm-hmm. And so I think this weekend I'm going to put my bathing suit on and I'm going to go walk into the ocean, which seems ludicrous, but everybody seems to be doing it. And I don't want to be the only one who doesn't know how, what it's like. So I think that's something I just love the adventurous spirit people have here. Um, my, my friend is actually, it seems like there's a bit of a movement behind that, or, or maybe I just see her posting that a lot, but that's kind of become her, her thing on, on Facebook. And she said, uh, she's, or on Instagram rather, but she said, she's a, she's a nurse in the ICU. And, and today what, with her time-lapse video, the caption was washing off the night shift. So there, there oh. might be some, some truth within that, in that sense of like, you yeah, know, she's in the COVID ward, she's in the ICU. Uh, and you know, like there's, but the, there's also the, the Hoff method, the Iceman method as well. So right. I mean, like the, and how the cold is good for your body in a sense. And, you know, so there's, there, there's some, some, some validity, the, uh, the method to the madness, right? So yeah, yeah, cool. No, but it's, it's definitely worth uh, dipping and there's great places to dip as well. So there you go. So departure bay down the road from, from me as well. So there you go. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess one more thing I wanted to talk about um, before. Uh, one thing you mentioned is that you're a boy mom, and you, but you wanted you talked about writing a book for teenage girls. So, so what's what's the motivation behind that? And just is it um, to present that thirty thousand foot view of what life could be like as to a teenager, uh, or, or what's what's the premise behind that? Just out of I curiosity. never thought about that. The actual premise is that I had an auntie who sat me down when I was 16 and I had just started to kind of like dabble in with drugs and drinking and stuff. And she sat me down and she had lived a pretty wild life and she sat me down and she talked to me about drugs and sex and drinking and in a way that was so different from how my mom had talked to me or other grownups had talked to me. And it literally changed how changed like the course of my life, that conversation with her. And, um, so I think a lot of times people, and this is, this is like the premise for literally the podcast and everything is that, and if she hadn't talked to me, my life could have looked a lot different. And the stories that she shared with me were not glamorous, but they were honest and vulnerable and, um, and in some ways, probably for her shameful, um, she had slept around a ton and she had said that now that she was married, she's probably 20 years older than me, that she didn't even want to sleep with her husband because it had just been like sort of ruined for her. And I was like sitting there with my 16 year old mouth hanging open with like a Dairy Queen blizzard, because that's what we were just out for this ice cream. But because she had the courage to share her real story with me it changed my life. And I ended up not having sex with anybody until I was married, which now I'm like, well, just put that out on the podcast world because let's let everyone know that. But she showed me that that was worth committing to, that that was something I wanted to commit to. And so 
my whole thing um, for the book was that this is a book your auntie, I wanted to call it shit your mom won't tell you, but what your auntie will tell you. Um, and what's so funny is I don't want my kids to read it because I want it to be like, I'm like, I want my sister to write a book for my kids and then I'll write a book for her kids. But it's about sharing real stories because teens need grownups who are brave. And I think the more grownups that are brave and share their stories, I think we'd have um, a lot less brokenness, but people aren't willing because shame silences people, right? So I'm thankful for the courage she had to talk to me and it totally changed. I don't know why one person, I loved her. She was so cool, but I don't know why one person would change me so much in that way. Um, you know, and maybe it's a myriad of things, my mother's prayers, who knows what it was, but it definitely, I think every person has the, the ability to change the course of someone else's life. And so, you know, I think I want to encourage everybody to be that for whoever they need to be it for with their own story that hurts. Yeah, totally. And that's, yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> I can't believe I said that on here. Now I'm going to be like, should I post this to my own feed? Should I not post this? Just kidding. But I shouldn't be ashamed of how I've lived no. my life either. You know, no. like, no, it's weird and it's good. And, um, but that's, and that takes courage because then maybe someone would hear it and it would help them. You know, you never know. Yeah, no. And I, I appreciate you for sharing that. And even if it is difficult and it doesn't seem like the right thing to share, the, the whole premise of this podcast. And, and I just love the fact that, you know, value is a perceived thing. And, and I keep, mm -hmm. I keep talking about value over and over again, but I, I mean, like you even sharing that is could put a mentor in somebody's life or uh, somebody that might be thinking, how can I, um, how can I have an impact on somebody's life? How can I speak life into them? And you maybe even sharing just that little bit of a nugget might be enough for somebody to do that. And I, yeah. and I think like those things are, are, are more powerful than, than we think. And we don't know how we impact people. And, and I don't think your, your aunt probably didn't even recognize how much she was impacting you. No. She might've had an intention to do that. Be like, she's going off the rails. I better intervene because I'm the cool aunt. It's what I do. Yeah. But yeah. you know, like, you know, maybe that wasn't her intention was, it might not have been to impact you that way. And it might, totally. and that's, that's cool. So, I mean, like, you know, Again, that might just be my my mentorship leader style where you just, you know, recognize you put it out there and it's going to affect people or it's not. And, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat as you in terms of like having a podcast and putting things out. You know, my I've had people come over here and say, Hey, I'm really enjoying your podcast and like I'm getting some value out of it. I'm like, that's awesome. Like I, I sometimes I don't know, right? So right. I I can I can look at metrics, but metrics don't tell me everything, right? So totally. are people are people enjoying it? Are they, you know, are they sharing it with their friends or talking about it? And I think that's the case. So anyhow, yeah. um, so where can people find your podcast? You want to grow it? So this is a, a great opportunity to chat about it. I do want to grow it. And I want to speak to teens. If someone wanted me to come speak for free, um, being a speaker was the original goal from when I was like 17. I felt like that was on my heart. Um, but no, um, I am the more Jody podcast on Instagram and Facebook and it's under Jody Adele, um, mostly because my married name is Jody Grimm. Um, but I just didn't, I, when I started my Instagram, like seven years ago or 10 years ago, I wanted it to just be a fitness and food page. And I didn't want anybody who I knew to follow it. 
So I went with first and middle name, but yeah, I'm Jody Grimm or in real life at in business, but I'm Jody Adele online. And yeah, I would love anyone who wants to, I mean, ask questions about things they think I should subjects I should talk about. Um, I'm always looking for feedback and people who want to engage and stuff, but yeah, just more Jody podcast on all podcast platforms. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and I, I think you're, I think you'll find that you'll be able to do that sooner than later, I'm sure. And there, there might be an opportunity to reach out to somebody that might be interested in hearing what you have to say uh, in regards to reaching teens. So that's awesome. I love teens. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's important to put that out there too, because again, that might catch an ear to somebody that might not even know that they wanted that or, or that, that that was an option for somebody in, in yeah. these times, right? Like what are public speakers now? Right? I know it's funny. I actually, when you first asked what was the first thing, it was that when I was 17, I felt like this call in my heart that I was going to speak to, to women yeah. and girls. Right. And then it cool. was like, oh, you don't do that when you're 17. You have to get 25 more years of wisdom or something, right? So that right. was the original pull, but then I forget. I get all squirrely. Yeah, right. Okay, great. Yeah, um, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, and so I'm looking forward to uh, sharing this. And I'm just, I've been really enjoying talking to other people that are in this podcasting world mm -hmm. because it's, they're, they're really sharing pieces of their self, uh, of themselves, uh, whenever they're, whenever they're turning the mic on. So I think that's, that's really important to, to witness and, and it does take courage and bravery to do this. So, uh, so keep doing what you're doing and just, you know, hopefully stay consistent enough to grow in a, in a way that's natural, you know, so. That's right. No quitting yeah. here. Yeah. There you go. Even if you're. <laughs> Thanks Richie. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Um, it would mean a great deal to us if, if you could take a moment to review it on iTunes or whichever method that you access podcasts. Um, a five-star review or, or, a, or a text review is really helpful in the way that iTunes runs their algorithms. Um, any sort of positive attention will will help other people find the podcast so if you could please take that opportunity that would, that would mean a lot to me and uh and kim um so again thanks for listening and we'll tune in with you soon so much fun. Thanks so much for being here. Please click subscribe, rate and review this podcast, share it with everyone you know, and I will be back here next week with more stories, more courage, more vulnerability, and just a little more Jody to brighten your day.